This is the podcast, Is That Even Legal? I'm your host, Bob Sewell, and today we have a guest, and her name is Sarah Clifford. Sarah is a graduate of Brigham Young University School of Law. She is a fabulous person. She works at Davis Miles McGuire Gardner as an, as an attorney, and she does trust and estate work. And today she's going to talk about pet trust. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. So... I'm a pet lover. Aren't we all? Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> so I have a dog, and it's pretty much my wife and kids, and then my dog. And that's, the dog um, is your that's, next child. That's my next kid. And one of the things that I wonder about is when I'm old or when I pass away, is my dog, is Fido, going to be taken care of? And And I wonder if... I can provide for that dog after after my death or m anything like that. It, is it possible? Oh, it's definitely possible. Um, I, I know in the news we always hear stories of these celebrities leaving millions of dollars to their pets. Right, right. Have you heard any of those? Yeah, I've heard some of those. So, so one of them I've heard is Gene Roddenberry. Mm -hmm. His wife left $4 million to her dogs and a million dollars to the dog's caregiver. I went into the wrong line of work. Right. <laughs> you should get, What does a $4 million dog actually look like? I mean, it's hard to believe that a dog could actually be more wealthy than a human being. It's amazing. Um, I heard of a chicken. There's of a the chicken. There's this uh, publishing tycoon and his name is Miles Blackwell, and I think he's from the UK. And he is, he's alleged to have given $10 million to his chicken. And I read one story that, that's, that, that, that $10 million has actually grown to $15 million. Yeah, that's a wealthy chicken. Uh, definitely laying golden eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> so is that even legal? Can you give that much money? To an animal. Yeah, you know, my favorite uh, my favorite example is Leona Hemsley, who was mm -hmm. um, real estate tycoon back in the back in the eighties, dubbed the Queen of Mean. She left twelve million dollars to her dog that's aptly named Trouble. And just to paint this picture for you, Bob, uh, imagine a little white yapper that okay. wears sweaters and is carried around in a purse. And this dog suddenly becomes a uh, the, the proud owner of $12 million. How is that even possible? It, it blows my mind. A, a, a dog can't spend money. Was that, was that held up in court? Was it, did, it, did, it, did that $12 million stick? Oh, you know it was held up in court, Bob. Um, the two grandsons came forward and were grumpy that they were cut out and the dog was getting $12 million. Um, sued. There started to be death threats that were made against this dog. Um, and there were so many that they ended up hiring a private security team to watch this dog. Um, and the dog was flown from New York to the caretaker in Florida on a private jet <laughs> under the alias of Bubble um, because they believed that the dog was in danger. When you're a millionaire dog, do you go to the dog spa and get 
dog massages. I mean, how does this work? Oh, you absolutely go get dog massages. You're in the dog spa every week if you're a millionaire dog. Um, I think her dog was also being hand-fed crab cakes and chicken and steamed vegetables. So very, very high-end dog. It seems a little outrageous, though, that you can – how do – that you could even set up a trust like this. How does – I guess first of all, does the can an average person set up a pet trust? These seem these seem to be for only the rich and famous, but can an average person set up a pet trust? You know, that's one of the misconceptions that I hear all the time is people think, oh, well, only the people who have, you know, twelve million dollars and are crazy about their dog want to take care or have the ability to take care of their pet. And a lot of people don't realize that they can work um, pet care provisions into their existing estate plan. Okay, so what would be in what would I want to put in that pet care provision? Yeah, and so a lot of people uh, things to consider if you want to make sure that your pet is taken care of. Um, who do you want the pet's guardian to be? Um, I always recommend nominating a couple different people because um, it's always good to have backups. You never know where people are going to be. Um, in the unfortunate event that you pass away, um, but also. I find that people are more likely to take an animal if there's money involved. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if Fluffy comes with a stipend of $5,000 a month, which is a big a big example, but um, a lot of times people are more willing to take that animal in. Okay, so if essentially I'm bribing the care the caregiver, I'm bribing the guardian of the dog? Well, you're, you're paying for the services of the caregiver, and you're also paying for the care of the pet. Can I put in provisions? Can I say um, Fido needs to go to the dog spa once a month? Can I Fido needs to be fed kibbles and you know kibbles and whatever that you know specific dog food? Um, what can I actually do? Can I ins- to instruct the caregiver about Fido? Yeah, so you can write in whatever you want. Um, about the care of the animal into the pet trust. So, uh, for example, we talked about how uh, Lena Hemsley's dog, Trouble, was uh, being hand-fed crab cakes. Okay. Well, when the dog went to Florida, um, the dog was put on canned dog food. Kind of a step down from these these crab cakes that it was eating before. She could have written in her estate planning documents, I want the caregiver to hand-feed this dog three times a day these special organic crab cakes, and the, the caregiver would have had to abide by that. But how do you enforce that? I mean, how do you actually know it's happening? So You're dead, right? Yeah, you are, you are dead. And apart from coming back to haunt them as a ghost for not taking care of your pet, um, all pet trusts have, or all trusts have what's called a trustee. Okay. So you act as a game maker. You say, here are the rules. The trustee acts as a referee and makes sure that those rules are being followed. Um, I've seen pet trusts where people have welfare checks for the pet. So they have, you know, friends and family stopping in to make sure that the pet is being taken care of. Um, it, it depends on what level or what you what you want. Okay, so do I want to make the same person my trustee for the dog for the for the trust as I make for the guardian? 
Yeah, so we usually advise you can you can you can you can if you want, but we usually advise against that, um, just because if the guardian is the same person as a trustee, that's kind of like giving somebody their cake and letting them eat it too. Okay, so separate people. Separate people is what we normally advise. Yes, I'm really this is this is really kind of complicated. I mean, it's all for a dog or Fido. Why would I? want to go to these lengths? What what would inspire me to think I need this complicated pet trust? Well, I don't think I don't think calling it a complicated pet trust is um, justified. We can work it into an existing estate plan. Okay. But a lot of people think, you know, I will so I have a cat, Bob. Okay. The cat's name is Jinx, named after the cat and meet the parents. Okay. I could tell you, Bob. I really want you to take care of Jinx after I'm gone. I'll give you a couple thousand bucks to make sure Jinx is taken care of. Okay? And then let's say I pass away. That wish is fulfilled. Jinx shows up at your doorstep in a cardboard box. Okay. I get my 5,000 bucks. With a $5,000 check strapped (laughs) to her, tied around her neck. Okay? You could take that check, cash it, say, eh, I'm not really a cat person. Drop Jinx off at the shelter. Uh, or even cold. worse, um, turn Jinx out onto the streets. Um, so there is no obligation for you to take care of Jinx. Um, but in a pet trust, that wouldn't happen because you have the trustee who is going to hopefully make sure that the pet is being taken care of. Let's talk about money for a second. Okay. okay? These rich and famous people are gifting millions, but the average person doesn't have millions of dollars. They love their animals just as much as these rich folks. How do I know how much money to give and put in the pet trust? Yeah, so there are a couple different things to consider. One is how many animals do you have? So if you have four dogs, then you're going to want to maybe leave a little bit more money um, than if you have one dog. Another thing to consider is the age of the dog. So, you know, the puppy is going to live a lot longer than the 11-year-old dog. Um, One other thing to consider is your own family situation. What are you comfortable with giving and what do you what do you want to give? How do I know my caregiver is going to accept the money? I mean what I have. How do I know that's enough? And you know that's enough? Well, unfortunately, we don't have crystal balls that we can look into. I I wish we did. Um, But I think that the best that you can do is try and put together a budget. So this is what I normally spend on this pet in a month. For example, my cat, totally a Costco cat. She eats the Costco cat food. She goes through one bag about every six months. It's 20 bucks. She uses the Costco litter, and she goes through one of those every three months, and that's 10 bucks. So we're looking at, like, a couple hundred bucks a year plus cat toys. So um, her budget, she's kind of a cheap cat. Um, Should I also toss in a little bit to the caregiver? I mean, when you give me this cat, I want to be compensated somewhat. Should you toss that in for me as well? Yeah, that's definitely something that you can consider. And I think one of the things uh, to think about is who are you making the caregiver of the cat? So, you know, if you're making the friend a caregiver of a cat or um, somebody who doesn't have a relationship with the animal, then maybe you want to throw in something um, for the cat. Jinx will be well taken care of. Jinx will be well. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about if I if I'm not haven't passed away, but I'm just incapacitated? Will my pet trust kick in at that point too? Will your pet trust kick in? Um 
So you can set certain parameters on what should happen in the case that you're incapacitated. And this is an area where pet trusts are really unique. Um, you know, in the example where I put Jinx in a cardboard box or she shows up on your doorstep with the note attached to her or the check um, that says, take care of me and here's $5,000, um, you know, that only operates after after you pass away. But a lot of times people um, become incapacitated far sooner. Um, and pet trusts, you can write instructions that say, you know, I want my pet to be with me as long as possible. Hmm. Or I want my pet to go in, in with so-and-so in the case that I can't take care of it. Okay. So I pass away. Jinxie, my dog, whatever the case may be, lives on for another three or four years and then passes away. What happens to the money I earmarked for FIDO? Or FIDO. So what we would do is we normally set up um, some sort of contingent remainder beneficiary. So this could be, you know, a person. So you Wait, could say, say what? A contingent? A contingent beneficiary. So um, put that in real person In terms. real English. So somebody, you say, after this person passes away, this is where I want the money to go. Okay. All right. So the money's not gone necessarily. It, it doesn't go in the grave with the dog. No, you you dictate where it goes. So a lot of people will leave the money to a charity for animals um, or will say, you know, divide the rest of the money between my children um, or another family member or friend. So one thing that I've been thinking about as you've been talking is if a dog can have money, will a dog have to pay taxes? Well, dog, well, no, animals don't pay taxes, Bob. Can you imagine that tax return, <laughs> like what the name would show up? Fluffy the bulldog. <laughs> All right. Okay, so what happens? Certainly there's money being made if yeah. you've got enough there. Yeah, if you have enough there. So the trust would pay, the trust pays taxes, but dogs don't pay taxes. All right, Sarah, thanks for coming out share any knowledge about pet trust it's really been kind of you to take the time if someone wanted to learn more about whether or not a pet trust is right for them or whether or not they can use their funds to create a pet trust how can they get a hold of you yeah i love i love questions and i love talking with people and answering questions and i promise uh even though i'm a a pet trust attorney. I don't bite, um, so you can <laughs> right. reach out to my you can reach out to my firm um, and ask for me. Our number is four eight zero seven three three six eight zero zero. All right, thank you. Thanks. This has been the podcast. Is that even legal? Our host, me, Bob Sewell, and our guest, Sarah Clifford. Thank you, thank you, Sarah, for coming out. Yeah, thanks, Bob, for having me.